Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. We are the podcast that is sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe, yeah, let's move on. Uh, but that, <laughs> more, more on him shortly. Uh, but of course, I need a guest to accompany me on this epic voyage of discovery this week. Uh, happy to say welcome back, Phil. How are you doing? Hello, I am well. Excellent. It has been um, worryingly warm here. Mm. which is nice but also weird mm. so. i'm i'm hoping it stays warm when i go on my travels this week so um yeah although i did hear that there was a snowstorm that went through europe last week so uh, you know <laughs> yeah, we, but down here where i am we have our own microclimate yeah so it's always very different from the rest of france Lovely job. I shall have to. Uh, I shall have to look into that in the future. I think that's the way forward. Um, no jazz this week uh, due to work commitments, um, but there's a few nuggets of, of information that he's left me that I want to mention as we go. So just me and you, Phil, and I think there is probably one place we're going to have to start. We were probably going to start with the result from last night anyway, but it's become more than that. And uh, I speak of Marseille and the parting of ways with Reno Gattuso, which happened earlier on today. Um, Marseille lost to Brest last night in the most Marseille way of all Marseille ways you could imagine, um, playing against a team in Brest who were down to 10 men from the 60th minute. I think Marseille had one shot on target, which was in the, I want to say about the 85th minute. And of course they lost in the last minute to a lovely taken yeah, Lise Malou finish. Um, we'll come on to Brest and give them their flowers in a minute. But the story is is OM. They lost this game last night. They drew two all in Europe in the week, despite leading the game uh, twice and indeed leading it in stoppage time and still throwing it away. Hmm. There's a few stats I'll throw at you in a minute, but just your initial thoughts. This is this is just so very Marseille, isn't it? I th- yes, but also. Um... The news coming out is that Jean-Louis Gasset is going to mm. get the job. And I posted earlier, if you are seeing OM fans in your timeline having a breakdown right now, you can kind of understand why, because he's not got the greatest uh, record in club football, he's been adjoint in a lot of places and where he's been head coach, it hasn't gone great and most recently you may have seen him being uh, let go by Cote d'Ivoire after very nearly fucking that up in the Africa Cup of Nations. So something that's I think uh, worth looking at is as Mo Ali said on, on Twitter if he's only going to come in for the rest of the season why not give Gattuso the rest of the season because otherwise you're going to have to pay him off you're not expecting things to be brilliant if Gasset comes in so you know, why not just kind of write this off? Is he going to make a big difference? I suppose, obviously, they're thinking there will be more people available in the summer. But I think 
many of us, um, from a comedic point of view, were thinking Mourinho. Hmm, um, yeah, it would fit, wouldn't it? Lord, that would be fun for the neutral, I think, but I think you, you understand why OM fans are losing their shit right now because it's not good. Mm. I did see yesterday that Gattuso was talking about, you know, we're it's not a problem being in a relegation battle. They're nowhere near a relegation battle. No. Is this just another case of uh, expectation and it's not good enough? They're ninth. It's crap. Yes, but it's not that crap. Mm. So getting rid of him now, after only bringing him in in October, it, it does seem a bit trigger-happy again, but then, as you said, like Marseille. Mm. Um, I think the the one thing I wanted to mention about the, uh, the Euro- Europa game against Shakhtar, was it was a 2-2 draw away. You're thinking that's all right. But when you look at what happened in that game, OM opened the scoring in 64 minutes, four minutes later concede. They go back ahead 90 minutes, three minutes later concede. You look at the game against Brest at the weekend, they give up a late goal 88 minutes there, as you said. It's like they can't manage a game. Mm. And that's that's possibly a systemic problem. Yes, it's it's a, yeah, so it's a massive, massive problem. And it, and it it's quite weird the parallels that we've got going on with you see what's happening in Germany with Thomas Tuchel, for example, at yes. Bayern Munich, what's happening with Xavi at uh, Barcelona. Um Probably not so much uh, with um, uh, fella at Man United, whose name's just escaped me. I was going to say Van Hal then. Ten Hag, thank you. They're all Dutch. Um, but yeah, it, it does sort of parallel with that. Uh, the, the Marseille, the question of where they should be, that's an interesting one. Um, Jez linked us to a piece by uh, Vincent Deluc, um mm. in, in our group, which made some interesting points. And one of those points were giving credit to Brest, which we'll do in a, in a short while about having a they magnificent are second. I think yeah, oh, yeah. there's one thing that maybe people forget because maybe they've not been up to date with this season and are used to Brest being a mid-table team. No, they're second. Mm. They, they're the last team to take points off PSG. They're, they're good. Yeah, uh, and so it's not as horrible as you might think if you just look at the name and don't know anything about the season. Yeah, it's it's more. I think um, it's more about the performance, especially when you look oh. at last night where they were they were so abject, and albeit they rested a few players. But that article made reference to the fact that Brest are you know credit where credit's due, having a fantastic season, uh, and they're up there on merit, absolutely. But it does open up a wider debate about the fact that there are noticeably 
really poor performing teams who should be doing a lot better below them. And and obviously Marseille fall into that category as to Leon. Yeah. Um, you know, arguably Rennes are having a brilliant run now, but should have been far higher up the table at the start of the season before they change coaches. We we know PSG are going to be up there every season because they always are. But it it, it did open up that debate once again about the quality of the league or the underperformance of these of these teams. And when you look at Marseille looking to replace Gattuso, as you say, with Jean-Louis Gasset, who, as you made reference to there about the Cote d'Ivoire situation, um, you know, you look at his track record. He was at, as you said, your your beloved Montpellier twice. In fact, he, he's managed in Cannes, Eastray, St. Etienne. Yeah, I mean, he's times. got, I worked out earlier, if you look at his club record when mm. he was head coach, He's got a 35% win ratio. Yeah. The best one was when he was in charge of Saint Etienne for a couple of yeah. years. And that got to 45. There were some bad numbers. Yeah. Is, especially. I would say now, certainly, but possibly never. He is not a head coach. He is an interim who gets stuck with stuff. Firefighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and those and seven... fires are not necessarily fought very well. No. And 70 years of age as well, we should point mm. out. You know, he's not a spring chicken in, in a, a job. with. We've, we've seen what's happened to Roy Hodgson, bless him, at Crystal Palace recent days where, you know, he's been taken ill and has had to sort of albeit with probably being out the, out the door anyway but managers are not getting that they're, they're getting younger not older in terms of their methods and, and the way yeah. they manage and the club like Marseille the pressure that's going to be on and I don't see Gasset as having the temperament um, technical now mm. that even we laugh about him but Sam and the voice yeah he'd <laughs> understand Mm. That tech was good, that data was good. We've seen this whole thing over the last week about what's his name going from uh, Newcastle to Manchester United. Oh, the um, Dean Ash, D, uh, Ashworth, Dan is it? Ashworth. Dan Ashworth, yeah. yeah. And everyone's going, oh, he's got this laptop full of stuff. And you're thinking, okay. I know some people are making jokes about football manager and stuff, but I think it was Mike Cayley who said, I too have spreadsheets. Mm. You you don't just need the data. The data is important. There are three steps to this, if I might, being a bit of a data geek myself. The first is you get the data. The second is you pass the data. You've got decent taxonomy. But the main thing is you know what to do with the data. Forget mm. BI and AI and all of that. Human intelligence is the the thing that makes the difference yeah. to work out who you need to get, who, how you fill those gaps, how you need to play. Mm. I'm just not sure Gasset is good enough at that. And would one necessarily use that? that element of tooling either um well, i just... imagine he will at some point but it might just be i too have spreadsheets which yeah. is not sufficient for the modern game no 
No, a couple of other stats for you here, just while we're on Marseille. Um, Gattuso's record was called into question, but as Jess pointed out, he did only lose five matches, four of those against arguably top-tier sides. So mm. there is that. Um, also, he made the point, and this is a really good one, if your main creative threat is your right-back, who then is being slagged off by the owners who couldn't sell him in January, that doesn't exactly speak of uh, you know, a, a good tactical plan, does it? Um, and here's the biggest one of all. Since the start of the 21st century, OM have changed coach 30 times. Um, that blew my mind when I heard that one. Yeah, so like I said, trigger happy. It yeah. has been just a, a bunch of names. Yeah. And yeah. some of those have come in with no real coaching experience. No. Some of them have come in with coaching experience, but not good coaching experience. You do wonder what they're looking for. And if they do go with Gasse, which looks like it's going to be the case, mm. it feels like they're throwing out a ton of uh, attempts to modernise yeah. To go back to, as you said, a firefighter. It's like hiring Alan Kirby at this point. This is this is ridiculous. I understand why the OM fans are mad about this. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, I do as well. Yeah. You can't help but feel that someone like um Geltier would, would have been a better fit potentially. Well, he's um, he was the other name. Mm. But Marseille bread as well, there's, isn't he? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, tension, shall we say, mm. in that yeah. particular can of worms. But yeah, I think he would be better, but he would not want just to do four months at the end of the season, quite no. rightly. So yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a mess, yeah. as usual. I also I also wonder about coaches like we praise likes of Will Still. I wonder if a coach like that could be potentially poached from one of France's other big sides. But um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But um, yeah, as much as we would love to sit here and and throw more more fire on the flames of Marseille, I feel we should move on. Um, just before we move on from this game, let's give Brest their flowers because we we did say before magnificent yeah. season. Um, are we in a situation where Eric Wa could be leading Brest into the Champions League? Because with the results going their way this weekend, they are a point clear in second. Yeah, They're showing even, no signs of dropping despite, off. I think um, Steve Mounier got the red card, as you mentioned, <sighs> on the hour mark. So silly as well. three and three matches they've had now. Yep. Players sent off. So you do think that somebody might need to knock some heads together and tell everyone to calm the fuck down a bit. But... Mm. Yes, they are in great shape. And some of the other games that we will come on to, uh, they managed to keep themselves together, whereas others didn't. What's that poem? If you can keep your, keep your head, head while everyone around you is losing yeah. theirs, etc. You'll be a They're man, my son. Kind of keeping their heads, but also not keeping their heads given Give yeah. me red cards. So that's it, an interesting tension, 
kind of thing. I don't know if you, um, but, I don't know if you saw the incident as well, but it was it was so silly, and I I, I can understand why he walked, but it was um, Ballardi who. As good a defender as he is, he's an absolute twat on the pitch. He's one of those players that just gets in people's ear, rolls around, feigns injury. He went down holding his throat when Mounier basically gave him a little rabbit punch in the gut because he was blatantly pulling him and pushing him before a free kick. And unfortunately, in the VAI era, if you raise your hands, you know what happens. But I think Mounier knew what and was I, coming. But so I think silly. also, it, if you were, if you get sent off as a centre forward, mm. it's kind of you know something odd has happened yeah wound up by your marker because with defenders even defensive midfielders there can be those kind of um contretemps yeah physical area if if you're sent off as a center forward it's like well something has happened and that's a little bit yeah, I, I feel I feel like uh, as you said, it, it is it was a silly incident, and ultimately the one thing that Brest did do in that particular game was they tactically got it spot on, made a couple of substitutions, freshened up the midfield area, freshened up the all the defensive options so that they had enough players behind the ball, and ultimately Marseille from a, a poor throw in and then a poor pass from I think it was John Onana, uh, and Lise Malou nipped in and bagged the winner. So full credit to Brest, and yeah, I mean I'm all for we saw it with Lons last year. Um, they're on a charge, by the way, more on them in a second. And, uh, and Brest are up there on merit. So full credit to them. Before we stay at the top, uh, I want to nip down to the bottom because there's quite a few stories down here um, this weekend. Uh, let's start with with your your charges, because uh, this is not the reason Jez is on, not on this week, I promise. Uh, but yeah, a, a win for Montpellier over Mets by three goals to nil. It proved to be pretty comfortable in the end, although Mets had a, a goal disallowed for offside, I think I'm right in saying, an equaliser at one point. Um, but goals from Silla, Sanya and uh, Teji Samania's late penalty. It It's a result Montpellier needed, isn't it? And with a sort of winless in four, they oh, were yeah. just on the cusp of that dropping down the table. And it equally is a result that leaves Mets in, in all sorts of problems now. Yeah, I think... Um... Aker Adams is out. Mm. Um, but Altamari coming back after the Asian Cup and a wonderful performance for Jordan getting to the final, where I think uh, Altamari scored three goals in the, in the competition as a whole. That's what's been missing. It's been... Tying things together, because Savania obviously is great and local hero and all that kind of thing, but there has felt like there's been a kind of a gap uh, between the defence, who are decent, and the attack, and it's not really been gelling together. I know you... You guys talked about this last week when uh, Montpellier were on their descent. I'd hope now things get back together. Now Okarana may be coming back. Now other players are coming in and playing their part that they'll look a bit more organised. I don't want to read too much into beating Mets because with respect to Jazz, Mets 
aren't very good, but this was something they very much needed, particularly at home, because the home record has been yeah. fucking horrendous, frankly, since about October. Yeah. Um, so maybe this will be something that they can just put a foot on and move a bit further up, but mid-table is, I think, the best they can work out. And as I said last time I was on, Desikarian, I don't think is going to be on the bench uh, when next season starts. No. Because no. it just it doesn't seem to be working and he seems to be getting more and more irate and annoyed. And I'm not sure that's helpful either in no. this particular situation. If it wasn't for Benji LeCompte, I think we'd be fucked right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he's he's been a standout performer. And um, we'll spare we'll spare Jez the the uh, the sort of the, the dissection of Mets. So we might have to do that again next week potentially, or in future weeks depending on their results. Um, but yeah, not a good day at the office for them, and it leaves them in a, a bit of a sticky situation. As indeed are Clermont, who despite their draw last week uh, against Brest, they went down three one to Ren this week. Um, very good to see Martin Terrier back on the score sheet twice in this game, as was Walter Romari. Uh, missed penalty for from Blas as well, which ultimately didn't actually change anything in the end. But um, yeah, good good result that for for Ren, and it's, I think it's five on the spin for Ren now. Yeah, they're the best form in the league. Yeah, we will Borrowed talk about by uh, Laurie on Leon. Yes, absolutely. We will we'll, we'll come on. We'll come back to Ren in a minute, actually, because we'll, we will do a European roundup a little bit later on. But yeah, let, I mean, let's let's talk about the other two clubs that are down there. Well, arguably three down there. Before we do Lorient, let's just touch on Nantes because they did lose to PSG, which any other time you'd say, you know, fair enough. Like you don't expect to to, to get too much. Um, but under the lights of the, of the Bourgeois on Saturday night, I thought they played all right, to be fair. But PSG were always... They're always knocking on the door. They rested a number of players, including one Kate Mbappe, who um, we've kind of said what there is to be said, but it sounds like his departure is now pretty much official. Um, but yeah, a nickel, nickel power goal before half time was disallowed. And then uh, Luca Hernandez straight after the break, well, 50 minutes after the break, and then Mbappe's late penalty secured the points for the champions. But on any other day, you'd say, okay, not a big deal, but losing that game has now dropped not into the relegation playoff spot uh, as a result of that. And their goal difference is not very healthy either. And that presented Toulouse and Lorient with an opportunity to to really clamber out of that danger zone, or at least put them mm-hmm. some distance between them. Um, let's start with Lorient. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but I watched this game on Sunday lunchtime. They went to Toulouse. They won 3-1. Um, more than deserved it. Three wins on the spin for Lebris now. Uh, Strasbourg, sorry, yeah. And um, it, they they just outperformed them. They were 3-0 up and, and comfortable. Strasbourg got one back. But they've got a striker in in, in January, Mohamed Bamba, who I freely admit I hadn't heard a lot about. And he's broken a, a Liga record. First player in over 50 years to score in four consecutive appearances since since joining a new club. And, wow, <laughs> look, look at what he's doing, basically. And, and look at what Lorient are doing. To win away at Strasbourg is fantastic in itself, even though you know they're mid-table and they're having a bad run. But to score three goals, to win three on the spin, 
uh, just gives Lauren that little bit of comfort. I, I, I dare I use the word comfort, but yeah, it, it's going to have to continue. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent, and like you said, that's a record. So, is he going to break the next record and the next and the next? You've hmm, still got to keep that good run of form up. And is there anybody else mm. who you'd say was was going to help with? I I I still have. Um, obviously, we had Adam on last week, and we both shared the concern for Love, who are uh, off the back of two consecutive defeats, having drawn the two prior. They lost three 0 to Lille uh, this weekend, and, and Lille up to fourth. They're having a, a lovely old time. Uh, Jonathan David Hattrick in that particular game. That just gives them another little drop down the table, 24 points. Um, I, I worry about them. I worry about Nantes. And obviously Mets and Claremont now are points away. So there's a five-point gap between Mets in 17th and Nantes yeah. in 16th on 22. Uh, and I'm still not convinced by Toulouse, but what a result for them. I mean, Monaco have hit a, one of their Monaco periods, I guess, where they, they've drawn a couple. They did win last week, but this week... To lose at home to Toulouse is, I mean, nobody saw this coming, I don't think. Toulouse went in front and I was like, okay, well, they've had their moment, Sierra with the goal, the equaliser from Akuj just after half time. And you thought, right, well, there's only one winner here. And then wouldn't you know it, Costa pops up, Logan Costa, and gets the winner. I mean, that's a massive result for, for Toulouse, isn't it? Because they were struggling. And obviously we'll talk about Europe for them in a second as well. Yeah, I think um, with Monaco, you're looking at, their stats and going, huh? Because mm. they're the second highest scorers, but that's because maybe when they win, they win big. Yeah. Whereas they've also got a really terrible goals conceded record. They just don't have the solidity at the back mm. that I think you'd expect from a top five team, but yeah. because they score so many, they're up there. So they can obviously be got at, and Toulouse are not the best group of they're not the best individual players, but as a group, they are, you'd say, better than some of their parts. Mm. So, yes, it was unexpected, but also maybe not a massive shock that somebody could kind of poke Monaco yeah. and, and make them struggle. It's a bit of a bit of a freak result, but just one of those freak results that you get this time of the season where it can benefit the club that's struggling and um maybe just slightly throw off the team that are that are pushing towards the top. I mean, Monaco, as I say, their form isn't bad. I mean, they've won they've won one and drawn two of their last four now, but they just had a little bit of a wobble. And because teams like Lens, Rennes, Lille, Nice, or Nice less so, Brest, they're they're winning around them. That's pushing pushing Monaco yep. out of those Champions League places, which they really need for a club of of that sort of stature. So, yeah, massive win for Toulouse, though. And as I say, 
I'm not going to lie, I was cheering on Monaco after Lorient's win and I was quite annoyed to see that Toulouse did win that game because if Toulouse had have uh, lost that particular game, it would have given Lorient even further leg up. But as I say, I think Toulouse have still got quite a lot of work to do to be safe. Um, and anyone from realistically, I think Lyon and Strasbourg will be fine now, but realistically anyone from 12th to 18th could could still tumble down to Ligue 2. Uh, we shall see. We yeah. shall see. Um, just sort of reviewing the other team's results before we have a look at France for French teams in Europe. Uh, mentioned Lille's win over La Havre. Uh, they're, they're having a really good run of form at the moment in terms of the league. Lille, they're up to fourth now and, and breathing down the necks of Nice and Brest. Um, nice lost 1-0 to Lyon. Um, another big result for Lyon. Their new signing, RL Mangala, with the winner on Friday night in a, a game that, I mean, Lyon could have had five or six. They, they were much better than, than Nice in this particular I, I wanted to ask you this because mm. obviously... Leon have won three on spin now, and it's, yeah. it's Marseille, Montpellier, Nice. Is and people are saying it's because they spend so much money. Mm. I think that's too easy. Does to it? It does, that doesn't sit right with me. Not me it either. Just feels like they are actually sorting themselves out without mm. necessarily just bringing in new players. Now, you mentioned uh, new, the new recruit at the weekend, but I don't think it's just that. How, mm. how do you feel about how they're doing now? I, I tend to agree, to be honest, and, and I... I'll freely admit when they made the managerial change. Um, when was it? Back in the, back at towards the end. It was the end of the end of the year, wasn't it? End of the end of the calendar year that I think they made the change. Um, and when when it was sort of announced that they were going to essentially employ from within with Pierre Sage, I was like, mm, okay, uh, this could go one of two ways. Um, I don't actually think he's long-term the solution because much like the Marseille situation, a club of Leon's size and stature, I just think needs a bigger character. There's nothing against Sarge, but I just, I, it just feels like they need a real strong personality in the long run. But the job he's done since he's come in, the first thing he, he I think he did was he united that dressing room because that, it was all over the shop previously. You can't overlook the fact that the signings have helped. Um, Mangala, even like Gift Orban coming off the bench has, has been very useful signing. Nemanja Matic has come in as well. I, I don't think you can overlook the signings, but I think just to point the finger and say, oh yeah, but they've spent a load of money. They've still got three wins on yeah. the spin. They've they've still stay, They've still uh, got stability and the return of Lacazette in terms of fitness and form has been massive because even if he's not scoring, he you can tell he's a leader of that team. And his his threat yeah. as a striker opened spaces for others. And that goal he got against Montpellier, funny enough, last week, that was an example of that, where he can just turn a game in a second. Um, so, no, I, th- I think the credit has to go to to uh, to the management team there. John Texter, I think jury's still out on how that's going to go, because I still think there's a lot of fires to be put out in that particular oh, department. Oh. But yeah, it, it's, it's a, there's a lot to go on there. But... Yeah, I mean, and let's let's tell it let's tell it like it is. 
a club of of Olympic Lyonnais standards should not be in mid table. They shouldn't. No. They should. They should not be celebrating the fact they're eleventh. And I think that was the point that Lacazette was making in in the press at the weekend. He's like, you know, job not finished. We've got plenty to do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish sort of top seven in, at the end of the season, personally. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot to go. But I agree with you. I, I think signings are one part of it, but not all of it, for sure. And the only other result we haven't touched on is Rams against Lons. That ended in a 1-1 draw. Uh, probably about right on the scale of play. Rams are having a little bit of a sticky period of the season. Um, two defeats in the last four. The other two were draws, but they're probably where they that they should be in mid-table in eighth. And Lons consolidating their three-match winning run comes to an end, but they're in sixth and still pushing for those European spots. Um, which segues us nicely, nicely into Europe. Into, but... yeah. Beautifully done there. The, what did you make of it? Yeah, that was, that was smooth. Mm. Smooth. Because I think that of the Europa games we saw on Thursday, we had two draws, two losses. But what was actually more worrying for me were the draws. We talked about OM going ahead, immediately giving up an equaliser, going ahead, immediately giving up an equaliser. And we looked at Lance. That was a goalless draw against Freiburg in their game. And they seemed weirdly happy with that afterwards. And you're thinking, well, okay, maybe. But if you look at the stats, it was very much game of two halves. In the second half, I'm not sure if they were shot off. Mm. And you might be happy that you haven't lost at home, but Jesus, this now means you've got to go away and win to get yes. through. Is that is that a happy feeling? And that did seem uh, an odd situation. Yeah. Them and Ras drawing at the weekend, fine. They're, they're sixth, they're eighth. It's the kind of thing you'd expect. Yeah. But that game against Freiburg, I think, nil-nil there will come back to bite them on the arse, frankly. Had a goal disallowed, didn't they, as well, I think, in that one for offside? There was, there was a lot of toing and froing. Mm. But, yeah, in the second half, it did look like they were settling for the draw. Yeah. And that's not great. No. Especially so in how that's going to go next this coming Thursday. Is it this coming Thursday? I'm confused. Yes, because this is Europa League, so it is every week. Yeah, there's no break, um, yeah. Yeah, I I think I think they're gonna lose at Freiburg and that will be sad, I think, yeah. for us as neutrals seeing unexpected teams in Europe. But they really could have done more on Thursday to make it count. 
what yeah. he didn't have a shot all game. No. Right? That's your centre ball. Um, they've got loads of other good players, etc. But this, it, it looked like they were, you know, inverted commas, happy to be. Yeah. And that was fine in the Champions League group stages, but now they've dropped down to the Europa, I think that they have to be more. We belong here. We're going to mess some people up. Yeah. And they didn't do that. And that, so like I say, that and the OM draw, I thought was more worrying in terms of how the team performed on the night as Jez sent us um, a quite lengthy uh, note on WhatsApp earlier before going off to, I think, his sister's birthday party. Yes, indeed. Happy yeah. birthday, Jess's sister, was that Ralph's lost um, in Milan to AC Milan uh, 3-0. It um, says, no shame there. True. And Toulouse lost to Benfica in gutting fashion with yeah. a 95th minute penalty, second penalty of the game for Angel Di Maria. So it's very, very sus officiating in that game as well. Uh, yeah, thought. there were there were some interesting calls. Uh, Lille had the day off in the Europa Conference thingy. What's it? Um, so yeah, it was the draws of the four games we had that, that struck me as the most problematic. Yeah, yeah, there was some nice scenes with Toulouse and Benfica fans swapping scarves over the um dividing barricade I saw online, which filled me with uh just good feelings. I always like to see that. So, the support... also, Toulouse, the best kit of the season. Mm, yeah, it is. It is a good one, isn't it? Yeah, the purple's always a vibe. Um, yeah, definitely some some mixed results. And, and the Marseille game, if nothing else, it's very entertaining. Uh, both teams really went for that, but quite yeah. how Marseille threw it to 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 get in front in stoppage time and then still have time to throw it away again is just well, it's exactly like why. I said. They can't see a game out. No, no, which is very worrying. Yeah, I'd say for them. What did you make of PSG's performance against Sociedad before we look at the weekend ahead? Because they, they got a 2-0 win. I'll, and... I'll be honest, I didn't watch this because I was watching Barbie. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, talk about polar opposites. One's pretty and, and enjoyable and one's PSG. Yeah, I, um... I didn't enjoy either, I'll be honest. Everyone keeps banging on about how Barbie is this wonderful feminist manifesto. I'm like... Mm. <laughs> it, won't, it won't shock you to know it's not on my list of films that I'm, I'm itching to see. So. <laughs> I, so when they came out together, it was Barbie and Oppenheimer. I'm like, yeah, I Oppenheimer sat it's like... You know, muted colours, shit blowing up. That sounds much more like my kind of thing. Mm. But I did have 
I felt like I had to watch Barbie because everyone had been banging on about, oh, it's so brilliant. It really isn't. We could we could say that the ship blowing up is a good reference for PSG in Europe, in fairness. I mean, that's quite well, a good segue. So <laughs> I, they... I do have the feeling that possibly the PSG dressing room is kind of bright pink colours and everybody's oh. waving at each other and being yeah. incredibly fake. Or, or not, but... as the case may be, depending on what you believe about since Mbappe's sort of officially unofficial incredibly fake yeah uh yeah i didn't i mean i i I didn't i didn't watch it like i said i struggled it doesn't seem like it was brilliant but the one brilliant thing was the butler was brilliant yeah but butler Uh, is is he just says you can well, I know, yeah, very good. I know, I know Jez is not completely sold on him. I must must confess, I'm getting more and more sold by the week. I mean, as soon as he first broke into the Leon side, I thought that there's a raw diamond here. And he the fact that he is starting over the likes of Asensio and Colomani, I think, speaks volumes. He was rested before this game and, and he made a real impact as a sub. Um, basically, what you need to know about this game is that PSG flattered to deceive. They huffed and puffed for 60 minutes. And then basically, once they scored through Mbappe sort of shinner from a, a corner, which, by the way, um, Ahmed Traore, former Ren uh, captain, who's now at Sociedad, uh, he was off the pitch injured at the time. We had to leave the pitch with a head injury, and it was his area at the back post that he would have been marking Mbappe where the goal came from. So um, that was quite unlucky on Sociedad's part. But Sociedad really took the game to PSG and could easily have scored a couple of goals in the first half uh, alone. But ultimately... They ran out of legs. Their pressing game was was high. Once PSG scored, mm. you kind of thought there was only one winner here. And, and I think that second goal is crucial because PSG, although we've seen them throw away leads before, I think they'll probably score in Spain, to be honest. I think they're... Yeah. Uh, and and if, ever, if ever there was a player who wants to make a mark on Spanish soil before allegedly a move in the summer, it would be Mbappe. So I wouldn't be surprised if you got a performance out of him away from home. But credit to Sociedad, they were... They were well organised and, and probably deserved more. Um, but ultimately, yeah, PSG got through. One thing is for sure, though, they are going to have to perform much, much higher level if they do draw a Real Madrid, for example, which you know is going to happen yeah. with the Mbappe situation. Now, you know it's coming. Um, and as an Arsenal fan, <laughs> if we can get through Porto, I would be more than happy to play PSG, personally. I, I don't think they they haven't shown me anything oh, yet. Your, your guys have been just banging the men from fun. Oh, yeah, we, we've been having a lovely old time. We have played some pretty terrible teams in recent weeks, I have to say that, but, yeah. But yeah. as they say, you can only... Absolutely. ...hammer what's put in front of you. Absolutely. Q, um, cue us losing 4-0 in Porto on Wednesday now we said that, but... Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, PSG will... Will PSG? We shall have to see what they can conjure up in the next leg, and as I say, who if they do get through, who they draw is going to be going to be crucial. Um, just before we wrap things up then let's have a look at what's to come uh, mm-hmm. no, I'm not here next week so you you and Jez are going to have to uh, cobble together the weekend's um, results without me I'm afraid but um, these are 
the fixtures that are upcoming if they will actually load, which eventually they are. Uh, you've got Mets against Lyon, which is the Friday night game. Um, very, very big game that for Mets all of a sudden. And if Lyon can continue their winning run, then that puts Mets in all sorts of more trouble. Uh, Lorient against Nantes is the 4pm game on the Saturday, um, which suddenly is quite big for both teams, especially for Lorient, I would say, because if we win that, Nantes are in all sorts of trouble. Uh, Strasbourg against Brest is the I evening game. I think that could be a Quite very fun. nice game to watch. Get a pizza in, open a bottle of wine, yeah. and watch some nice football with absolutely no interest in it in the outcome. Yeah, I, I don't think know if... that that will be nice. I don't know if I'll be able to get it when I'm away, but um, that's the night before. I, I run a lot of miles, so I might well see if I can stream that on the phone somehow. We'll see what I can do. Um, Lons against Monaco is the midday game on Sunday, which could also be quite a big one for both. Uh, Lave against Rams is or is one of the 2pm games, as is nice Clermont, which is pretty big for both ends of the table. Toulouse against Lille, likewise. And then PSG play Rennes at 4.05 game. Again, a fun game. I'm yeah. Thinking. Maybe and, uh, a lot of goals and some terrible defending on both sides. Yeah, yeah, that that's could what be. I'm hoping. Also, you'd imagine potentially arrested PSG side again ahead of their Champions League second leg. So, mm-hmm. uh, if ever Ren are going to have a chance, it's probably this one. And then finally, you've got um, Marseille against Montpellier is the Sunday night game. All eyes on the Velodrome there because obviously, again, big uh, big game for for Montpellier. Yeah, the crisis you know. it go. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So that one will be interesting to keep an eye on as well. So they are the fixtures ahead for next week that you'll be able to enjoy. I I just wanted to mention, I don't know if you looked at the Coupe de France while I was away. We did give it a nod, yes. Because we've got the quarterfinals coming up, um, which include, obviously... To uh, Minos. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, so we've got OL Strasbourg, Le Puy from uh, the fourth tier playing Rennes, PSG Nice, and Rouen from the third, team, third tier playing uh, Les Deux Valenciennes, yep. which is a, it's a lovely little group of games there because we're assured of one non-league team non-league team getting through you never know yeah yeah absolutely I I watched the Rouen Monaco game yeah and that was fucking chaos frankly Um, when it was 1-1 at full time, and then um, Rouen won on penalties. And again, their uh, goalkeeper saved two and went on this mad victory lap. He was just running and running and running. They're the best. And all his teammates were trying to keep up with It was brilliant. Yeah, and they are the best. I looked up some. As I said, day to day. Um, 
the Monaco team people saying, oh, it's not a strong team. Right. Every single one of the starting 11 was an international. Yeah. Right. They've got 270 international caps between them. And then I thought, I should really check Rouen just to make sure I'm not fucking up it. And they have one international who was Ahmed Ali, who was playing in midfield in this game, having just flown back from the Asian Cup because he's an Iraqi international um, with three caps. So he basically got off a plane and played the match and was a very important player in that match. So good for him. Rouen do have an international, um, which I was very pleased to find out about. And so they are up against uh, Valenciennes in the next round. And I think, given home advantage and the spirit they've got, you'd think, hopefully, they get through to the semi-finals. Yeah, I've gone early and I've said Leon are going to win this. And I don't know why, because I forgot PSG was still in it, but I've committed to it, so I'll stick with it. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm probably going to be wrong, but you know, you, you, you never know. I think, I think Ren. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm, I'm thinking Ren, they're going to look at this going, we are in no danger. Yeah. We are probably out of Europe. Yeah. Fuck That's... it. You know, it's like uh, shades on, let's go. That's the other thing, isn't it, with PSG? Like, it depends where they are in terms of when the final is, because if they're still in the Champions League, maybe their eyes will be diverted that way and they might well rest players more than if they were in the... Whereas if they're out of the if they're out of the Champions League by then, then they'll probably want to win win the uh, win the, the Coupe de France. So, yeah, I I do wonder. I do wonder. We'll have to see where, where the draws pan out, but... Um, the final was quite a way away yet, so we shall see. Uh, just before we go, um, I'll just give you an update on the table. So PSG are indeed top. They're 13 points clear of Brest in second now. So I think we're I think we can I think we can all probably agree that the unusual champions are going to be PSG. Said no yeah. one ever. Um, oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, nice, uh, despite falling off a bit recently, are still just about clinging on to third place. 39 points, one point clear of Lille, who are coming up on the uh, on the sidelines in fourth, as are Monaco, despite their defeat the weekend. Also 38 points and Lens in the final European spot, or the Europa Conference spot, uh, which is sixth place on 36 points. And then you've got Rennes, Rams, Marseille, Strasbourg, Lyon, Lave down to 12th. And then you've got that clutch of teams on 23 points and 22 points. Toulouse on 23, with Montpellier, Lorient and Nantes on 22. And then Metz and Clermont are... Uh, are looking in trouble, I think it's fair to say, in those relegation spots, five and yep. six points adrift, respectively. So, yes, all going on. Um, I think that'll do us for this week. I think we've 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 covered more than enough there. Um, as I say, I am uh, I'm absent without leave next week, so I shall leave you and Jez in capable hands uh, to work out what day is best for you guys. But just a heads up in advance, and um, hopefully, I'll be back the following week to pick up where we left off. So. There we yeah, go. So good luck to you in your marathon exploits in Thank you very much. Malta. You are crazy. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say that. Confirmed, yeah. But, I'm... You know, 
we we wait to see your medal picture. Yeah, well, hopefully on, on Twitter. Yes, we will all share that. If if I Thank finish, you, it will be there. I promise. <laughs> I'm not going to count. You'll any be chickens. fine, Pat. You'll be. Let's hope so. Getting up at 6.30 in the morning is the hard part, but we'll deal with that when we get there. Yeah. Uh, right. Thank you very much, Phil, for, for stepping in once again and returning this week. Thank you. And um, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>